Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. When the red, red robin comes bump, bump, bumping along, along, there'll be no more sobbing when he starts robbing his own. manager but some of the same old defensive errors I'm sure Nigel Adkins learnt plenty about his side at the new plough lane yesterday. Welcome to Charlton Live. So good evening and welcome to Charlton Live on your Sunday evening. The first Charlton Live after a game of the Nigel Atkins era, the 2-2 draw over at AFC at Wimbledon yesterday. My name is Louis Mendes. Joining me on the show to talk about uh, that game with the Dons, also to hear from Nigel and of course uh, from Thomas Sangard who was at Plough Lane uh, yesterday. First up, we've got uh, Mr. Nathan Mullen. Nathan, it's always a bloody pleasure to see you. Yes, it is. Well, we're not seeing each other, but yeah. to hear your voice, Louis, is always uh, yeah. a, a soft, soft, w- sweet moment. Whenever I hear your voice, I, I can immediately picture you as if you're in the, the room next to me. But actually, I'm, I'm just, actually, I'm <laughs> just looking at the watching. weird. Yeah, I know. I've, I've just had a tiring couple of days. Uh, good to speak to you. Also, also joining us uh, on the show, uh, the calm analyst of uh, Charlton Live, uh, Mr. Tom Wallin. How are you doing, Tom? 
All right, I feel like I'm intruding a little bit. Do you two just want to go off and have a show on your own? That's or? No, no, am I all right to, here? To be fair, though, it is like when we talk about Johnny Williams, me and John, uh, me and Louis feel a little bit left out sometimes. You yeah. know, that's true. It, Tom, yeah, it's so always an absolute that. pleasure to hear your voice as well, especially. On Thank this, you. Uh, on Much this podcast. Of, uh, well, I wasn't feeling left out. I just. Didn't want to intrude. Excellent stuff. Well, <laughs> thank you for all of you intruding into the show. Uh, as I said, we're going to hear the highlights shortly of the game uh, with Wimbledon yesterday. Uh, we'll, we'll hear from Nigel Atkins. Uh, it was an absolute pleasure to meet uh, meet the new manager yesterday. Uh, hear from Thomas Sangard as well. He was kind enough to join us on BBC Radio London. So I got a little clip of that uh, as well. Asked him, asked him a few questions, actually. Obviously, we've heard a lot about his uh, decision to bring Nigel in. But I wanted to ask him a little bit about Johnny Williams and uh, <laughs> Johnny Jackson. You got in my head now, Tom. And... Uh, <laughs> and uh, he about, does that to you. Yeah, and uh, about um, about Lee Bayer's departure, just had a couple of questions on that as well. So we'll hear that later on. Always a pleasure to speak to Thomas as well. Uh, before we hear the highlights, then uh, Nathan, I'll give you the pleasure of uh, trying to dissect oh, that one. It is the same, it, you know, not really that different from a Lee Bayer performance just yet. <laughs> but obviously, Nigel, no one's expecting Nigel to come in and, and and to wave a magic wand and everything to be perfect all of a sudden. But I think I think yesterday. Mm would have been really interesting for him. And I think he's learned that we're not very good at defending sometimes. Yeah, it was a strange one. It was a strange one. <laughs> I think um, that first half, as we said, I think we started positively. We started on the front foot. I thought when Connor went off, um, he obviously brought uh, DJ on, or make sure I don't say JD, like Curbs. <laughs> but uh, no, we looked positive And I thought we looked really threatening. And then we just seemed to just change. I don't know why or um, obviously there was a reason for it um, but I and we just seemed to lose our way a little bit and then second half um, we started positively again and then we just seemed to it's like the only way I can see it is that we we lost confidence and then we just sort of knew that something bad was going to happen Like, oh, and then we just looked devoid of any confidence went long again people didn't want to get on the ball it wasn't sticking we weren't picking up second balls and it was just Jekyll and Hyde, that's the only way I can describe us this season. And like you say, in terms of defensively, I don't know what happened. <laughs> it's, it's laughable, really, but um, shame, because obviously Famo's been really good this season. But it just shows that, I mean, Jimmy Jimmy Stone put that thing out on Twitter, didn't he? Just showing the goals we've given away, and they're unbelievable, unbelievable goals. Keystone cops defending, isn't it, at times? I mean, I, yeah. I, 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 I mean there's... There's bad defending, which we've had in you know in spells this season, where you know you, you don't mark your man and stuff, and then there's absolute calamities. <laughs> the amount of times we've done that this season, Tom, I mean, it's shocking, isn't it? I can't. I honestly, like, I'd love to see. I mean, we did. Uh, I think we asked Nigel about it, and we're here in the interview, but um, he doesn't want to see defend. He says he doesn't want to see defenders make the same mistake twice. I mean, I've, I've seen it about seven or eight times this season already. Although to be fair to them, they tend to pass them around, so it's not it's not necessarily the same one doing it over and over. But it's amazing how often we make those same errors, which, which we have to say tarnished what was a very I thought a quite an exciting first half performance from us. Yeah, I, I was the same. I thought that first half was good. I think. Like Nave says, it wasn't dissimilar from a Boya performance in that we looked threatening at times and then calamitous at other times. Um, as you say, nice to see Famo get in on the act and, and join the likes of Deji and, and Pierce and Gunter and the rest of them that have that have been making mistakes. Um, and yeah, like Nave said, that the thread that, that Jimmy put up on Twitter was, was unbelievable. When you look at them all in such a short space of time like that and you realise just how bad they all are, because I'd forgotten a couple of them, it's... It's incredible, really. And without those goals, I'd be interested to see where we'd be in the league. But 
you know, there were loads of positives, like like you say, DJ coming on and, and scoring a goal. Um, I thought Miller, you know, being able to kick the ball in the final third made a nice change. Um, so there were plenty of positives going forward, but it's been the story of our season. The defence, no matter pretty much who's been in it, hasn't really been good enough, certainly since Ryan Innes' injury. Um, and it, it proved it again. We were far too easy to get through and chucked away uh, what would have been a very valuable three points. So, yeah, plenty for, for Nigel to get stuck into in training over the next couple of weeks, that's for sure. Yeah, it's going to be a, a good few weeks for him uh, uh, over, the, you know, over the international break. I'm sure he's going to make the most of it. Right, let's have a listen then to the highlights of the first game of the Nigel Atkins era. Steve Brown alongside Greg Stubbley and Terry Smith. A low ball straight to Albie Morgan. Albie Morgan with Miller out to the left-hand side in a little bit of space. O'Neill comes across, but Miller's still on it. Into the corner of the penalty area. Little ball across, looking for Stockley, and it's there. That may well be an own goal. But Charlton have the lead. Stockley was there thereabouts, but I've got a feeling that might have come off Hennigan. Well, I tell no, you what, it's definitely Stockley. I think it's an absolute brilliant header from Stockley, yeah. But listen, you've got glasses I haven't, and my <laughs> eyesight's not what it used to be, Del. But I've got glasses with three people in front uh, of me. Do, do you know what? The ball goes to Miller, okay, on the left-hand side, and Martin makes this run. He does it every single time. Sometimes just leave the kid 1v1 and let him drive at the player, uh, the fullback. Uh, you know, another another two or three seconds, and Martin's going to block up the area inside or out. But Miller just shifts it down from right side to left on, on his on his weaker foot and, and delivers a great ball. But it's only a great ball because of the run of Stockley. Gets across his man, powerful header, one nil. And actually, kind of our first real foray, isn't it? Absolutely. Yeah. Maybe second. Nightingale across to Hennigan who sends it long and down the Charlton left hand side. Ball. Neil into Piggott's feet. Piggott's just got a little bit of space and touched inside to Longman. Just took time with the shot and thought at first glance he'd taken too long, but he cut back in on his right foot and he's drilled the ball home. And Wimbledon are back on level terms. Yeah, and I've got to say that has, has come from that turnover for Miller when he should have just fed. He had good support in midfield, but I'm not liking the look of our back line. Good to the right back, hasn't covered round, hasn't hasn't realised that the left side is centre-half's out of place. That puts Fanwai under pressure. He's he's had to go across to the left-hand side of the pitch. That leaves Piggott open. Uh, and so we've got ourselves in a bit of pickle there behind the ball as a defence. It's a wonderful finish from Longman, but I didn't see that coming. I've got to be honest, I could see us extend. And he spotted a run from Miller down the left-hand side, and Miller's in space into the penalty area he goes. Taking on O'Neill, cuts back inside on the right, little touch to Jacebi, takes the shot and buries it, and Charlton are back in front. Six minutes after being pegged back, Jacebi on the end of uh, the little cross inside by Miller having been found superbly by Forster Keske on that left side and Charlton back in front 2-1 ahead. Yeah and for every good pass there has to be a good run so I can be a little bit critical of Miller getting caught in possession earlier or giving the ball away he's now got two assists in this game he's got in behind the right back which I think I think he's got the beating of him all day long and that's an area I'll be really looking to get uh, you, you know a head in get the ball to Miller as much as you can because he's certainly got the beating of, uh, of O'Neill <laughs> Charlton with the challenge and there is the end of the first 45 minutes in the new reign at the uh, at Charlton. Nigel Adkins, first 45 minutes. It's a successful one. A far post headed away by Nightingale. Of course, inside to Shinny. That's a lovely turn. Shinny still with Andrew Shinny with a shot just wide. I thought the keeper might have got a touch on that, but it must have bounced over his hand. But that is a fantastic first touch, kind of what's led him to be in the position they're in in the league and they need something, they've got a very tough running. And it, oh, wow. Oh, Akin Fanwo's just gifted Wimbledon a goal. 
out from goal kick. Amos to Fanwo. Fanwo's ball back to Amos. It was too short. I think it's Longman in the end who converts. And Cheltenham just gifted Wimbledon an equaliser. Mm. Nothing you can say about that, really, in terms of, you know, it is what it is. It's a, it's a, it's a monumental error. Uh, it's a ball that's been left short. It's the, it's the danger of when you play that way and you allow your centre-half to drop, you know, almost on the goal line to receive just on the width of the six-yard box. Um, it, 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 you know, what is it, you know, what, 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 it, what are you trying to achieve, I would ask? You know, if the keeper goes to Fanwo and then Fanwo goes back to the keeper, he's only going to do what he was going to do with the ball, to, you know, when he had it previously. You know, if there's, a, if there's a reason for it, you're trying to suck people on to make spaces in the next unit, no problem. But I, I don't know what you're trying to build up for there. And then obviously it's a, it's, a, it's a blatant error. You know, he's just left a... It's not even close to getting back to him, though. That's the thing. It's almost like he stuffed his toe on the ground first. And the ball sent into Piggott, into the penalty area. Takes the shot off the post on the left-hand side and away for the goal kick. Will it be Piggott or Adoni? It will be Piggott. Sends it to the right. That's a great save from Ben Amos. To punch it away, it was going underneath the crossbar, and Amos makes the save on it. Finds space, goes back to Forster Kasky, finds Sanike again in the penalty area, holds it up, takes a shot off the post, and off a combination of either Stockley or Hennigan, and it's gone back to Traniv. Got that short, Wimbledon will have it back and begin to bring it away, but that will be the last action. As the whistle blows for full time. There we go. That was the highlights from uh, Valley Pass live uh, from yesterday's game. Uh, nearly won it at the end, didn't we? Chooks and EK's uh, effort off the post in the last minute. But Wimbledon, I think, would have been extremely hard done by if we'd come away with uh, with all three points from that one based on their second half display. You know, take your hat off to the Dons. I thought they came out. Uh, they caused us all sorts of problems. But, you know, overall, we're a... a, a Team chasing the playoffs, Nathan, and 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 you know <laughs> we 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 expect to go and dominate teams, and, and that's what we heard from from Big Nigel uh, after the game. He wants to enjoy more possession of the football, and we didn't do that in the second half, and we 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 lost our way somewhat alarmingly after that two or three minute spell at the start of the second half, where I thought, oh, excellent, more of the same from the first half. Yeah, like you said, going against Wimbledon, I mean, their home form is absolutely atrocious. But yeah, I mean, the first half and the second half is. Just chalk and cheese, really. Where we were playing well the first half, and we invited it on. They did. They didn't really cut us open, really. Um, so yeah, I mean, they're the like you say, we're ch- trying to chase promotion, and they're the games you should be winning. And if you're conceding two goals again, you got you make a mountain to climb for yourself. But um, it's disappointing. But I don't think we're shocked anymore this season. We've been so calamitous at the conceding goals, and, and it's come back to hold us again. It was just disappointing. Now we just didn't try and maintain. You know that um, that tempo, like we did, which we started the first couple of minutes really brightly. But um, they've got a couple of days off now, um, and then Nigel's got some time with them. But um, yeah, we just got to cut out the mistakes because if you can see goals, you're never going to win games. So yeah, disappointing. Yeah, I mean, I mean, Nigel would have found it fascinating. You know, a first look at his team. Obviously, it was it was noted that he didn't make any changes from the side that, that beat Bristol Rovers. And I don't think you would have, really. There's not much I would have changed after that performance. Um, and, and I guess he would have learned a lot about about his new side. Because, you know, as much as, you know, Jacko and, and all the backroom staff can tell him uh, in the build-up to the game, you, you never learn more than what you see out there on the pitch, Tom. Yeah, definitely. He needs to see them out there and... 
that's why I said in my kind of opening answer that he needs some time on the training ground now to, to see those players as well. Um, and as I say, I think there will have been positives that he'll have taken from the game. I think Jake, just the more games that go by, just is becoming the boss of that midfield. Uh, like I say, positives in the like the DJ and, and Liam Miller um, were impressive in that first half. Uh, but then there's other bits that he, he clearly needs to work on. And, and like you said, I'm sure... Jacko will have said to him that the defence have been a bit dodgy this, this season. Um, but until you actually see it and realise just how bad it is, kind of makes you realise. And it, that sort of question about what he can do to turn that defence around, we've been asking of Bowie pretty much every week, haven't we? And we haven't really found an answer because they seem like individual errors. So, yeah, I think I think we'd all come to the assumption that the, the squad needs an overhaul in the summer anyway. And we hope that this summer will be the last one for a while that that happens because we've got an owner now who will back us. But I think we always knew that that was going to happen. So yeah, hopefully there's enough time now between now and the end of the season for Nigel to get anger or a look at who he wants and who he doesn't and then start to work with uh, Steve Gallen and, and start to look at who the players are because I expect we're going to see a very different squad first game of next season. Um so, yeah, I think there's some positives. But, but as you say, until he gets in the dugout and starts to look at them, he can't really judge them. But now, over the next couple of weeks, he can get a good look at all the players, I think. Mm. I mean, let's analyse in that equalising goal for Wimbledon, the second one. Obviously, the mistake uh, from, from Akin Fainwo. Um I mean, the questions have to be asked as to why we're taking a goal kick like that anyway, especially if you're just going to give it back to to Ben Amos, Nathan. It is utterly pointless. I mean, it doesn't get you any far up the, up the pitch. Unfortunately, we've proved time and time again this season we're not really good enough to play it around the back. I don't think Nigel particularly wanted to see his side playing it around the back, but you know the the, the decision making as to why we do that in the first place, and and then just the sloppiness. I don't know if they were they were too comfortable. I don't know what on earth they were what 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 Akin was thinking there because it's so unlike him. You know he, he hasn't really put too many feet wrong so far this season. Yeah, I think the thing for me with the with those short goal kicks. The main, the sort of main aim for me is that you try and beat the press and you play it in behind and then you go and play. If you then play it short, just to lump it up the pitch anyway, is that like you were saying, there's no point doing it for me because if you're just going to lump it, that Ben was going to do, not only attacking Fanwo and the rest of the defence then got to push up and then try and squeeze that gap, it then, it then, it then, it's then relying on Stockley to win every single knockdown. So for a short goal kick, you either get it and you go out to your full back or you put it into the deep lying midfielder who can go and play. To just go, because it looked like he was in two minds, whether to just dump it, like we say, which is pointless, or give it to Ben, which he couldn't do in the end, or he tried to. Um, and then you just put yourself under pressure. But I just don't know how much you can coach that because it's simple, basic errors. And like we've said all season, that we've got... We've got to cut the errors out, et cetera, et cetera. But they keep happening. And I don't think sometimes it's coachable. You know, I know we've said that there was like, moments like when Pierce headed it back for the Accrington game. That's like just basic errors. And it's like, is his positioning? But there was no pressure really on Akinfama when he passed. I know the geezer was a few yards away, but I mean, come on. And uh, it cost us the points in the end. And, um, and like you were saying, if Wimbledon ended up getting a win- winner, you couldn't really begrudge that because I thought we were so poor second half. Yeah, certainly, uh, certainly not at our best, and and it's frustrating. I mean, we we had a decent, 
opening. You know, Liam Miller, Tom, has been a, a source of frustration for many recently because his assists and his actual creativity seem to have dried up. He'd get down those that wing into into crossing positions they're not really delivered but he came up with with two assists yesterday and, you know a Jaden Stockley header uh, the likes of which we're, we're getting used to again it was a brilliantly sort of craned his neck back to get the power on the ball and and, and head it beyond the goalkeeper and then the the, the one for uh, Jaisimi as well his first uh, Charlton goal that put us back in the lead you know having having surrendered it in, in the first half you know going forward in the first period we, we look lively particularly in like the first sort of half an hour or so yeah, and that's why it was so strange in that second half that that the formation changed and we moved away from that almost 4-3-3 with the two wide men either side of Stockley because that was working really well in that first half. Miller said it when he signed, when he came in, that you know he's a, he's a young player and we're going to have to be patient with him and expect that things like his final ball might not quite be there. Um, whilst I was patient for a bit, the last few weeks I found that difficult because... He gets in such good position, and then for the last few games, every single time he's let lets down with his final ball. But yesterday he had it back. It was a brilliant cross the first time and a great finish from Stockley because it was a difficult angle, as you say, to get his head on the ball. And then that second one, again, brilliant work from Miller down that side. And then calmness from him to pick out Jayasimi in the box. And then for someone who hasn't had a lot of mints, and you know, you could see someone like maybe trying to snatch at it to try and impress his, his new manager. But he took his time; he was patient. He let the ball drop and just smashed it on the half volley. It was a really good finish. Um, so yeah, I was really impressed with this in that first half. And as I say, I, I, Nigel was just trying a few things out, seeing what players were like in different positions, and possibly try and cope with Wimbledon in the second half because I did think they were the better side in the, the second forty-five, but. I just think us changing formation kind of played into that because we didn't we didn't really start to stretch them at the other end when we when we move formation. Um, so yeah, there were kind of positive and negatives have that as they have been so many times this season. But but that first half I really enjoyed what I saw going forward. Um, and I think we've been guilty a few times, particularly when we've had Stockley in the in the side of just going long to him. But we weren't doing that. We were utilising wingers. We were getting to the high line. We were then getting crosses in and. And it seemed to work a lot better. So if you are playing Stockley from the start, that's the way that you want to play. You don't just want to be pinning it long to him the whole time because, as Naif said earlier, when that happens, unless you've got midfielders buzzing around him to pick up the ball, then there's a chance that it's just going to come straight back, which unfortunately is what started to happen in the second half once we changed that formation. So, yeah, I, I was impressed with him first half and, and delighted for Liam because, as I say, my criticism of him hasn't been anything personal. You know there's a good player in there. Um, and if he can start delivering like that again, then... We're going to score a fair few goals in the next few weeks. Mm, yeah, hopefully uh, we will. So, I mean, I, I felt, you know, I mean, Chucks and EK hit the post uh, late on. Piggott had a couple of chances for Wimbledon, didn't he? Hit the post himself and, and a free kick that was well saved uh, by Ben Amos. Um, you know, probably just about a fair result, a point based on the uh, the, the entire game because the first half, prob- uh, you know, really was Charlton's, I think. But. Um, you know, again, not enough. It, li- it leaves us in the top six. You know, we need, again, another game unbeaten. Just keeping a little bit of momentum going, Nathan. Um, does it change or, you know, do, do, does it harm or, or help our, our playoff hopes? Do you, just, do you still feel confident or not confident that we're going to end up in that top six? Uh, I mean, well, it's, it's, we've always got a chance while it's mathematically possible, but... But I think the thing is, is that you've got teams in and around us who've got games in hand and, and rightly they have to win those games in hand. But we're then sort of asking for 
teams to go on around us to go on a you know a really horrible run and um i think i think i think someone might have three games in hand on us or something so and they might be like a couple of points away from us so can i see him losing all three of those games not really um i think once it levels out um i think we probably will drop out of the top six um I don't really know too much how many, how many games in hand playing against the, each other in terms of that little mid league at the top. But um, I can't. I mean, the points like these and games like yesterday, um, I can only see us. The way I'm looking, I reckon we'll probably finish eighth, ninth. Um, I just think you've got other teams that are a lot more. Don't give any goals away. Basically, I mean, Sunderland going on a resurgence, so I think they'll. I think they could finish in top two. I really do. Um, so, um, but yeah, I, it's mathematically possible, of course it's, but I think when we look back and we finish in the season, we'll look back wherever we finish and you, we might only be out of it by a few points and we'll just look at these errors, you know, the the, the Accrington's and yesterday, Burton and stuff like that. And we were like, oh, if we cut those out, I think Tom said it earlier, if we had, how many points would we have had? I know it's, the, you know, the saying, you know, um, not the saying I was going to use. It's quite rude. There's a um, if you cut them all out, it's all in hindsight, isn't? It? But the amount of goals we've given away, it's unforgivable. Really, if you compare it to the last time we were in League One. But uh, yeah, so while there's a chance, I hope I'm not. My my opinion hasn't really changed, but it's still well, we're still there. So I'm still going to have some element of hope, but I'm not, you know, pulling up any trees and hoping for the for for another day at Wembley. That's for sure. Mm, yeah, right. Let's uh, have a listen to Nigel Adkins and the new Addict's boss. I uh, got to meet him for the first time yesterday. I asked him what he made of his first game in charge of the club. It was, it was interesting, wasn't it? Obviously, with you know, getting to know everybody, it was a, you know, a game where I've had an opportunity to see the players. We scored two really good goals. You know, Liam Miller breaking down the side and uh, putting the ball in for Jaden and then and uh, DJ. Obviously, we've had to change things in the first minute, losing yeah. Connor Washington. That's one thing. So we've yeah, wanted see, to play one way, you. and obviously then we've had to change the formation as well because you know they've gone and played to their diamond formation. They've made five changes, so maybe that was a little bit unexpected to start off with. But uh, we adapted, you know, and again, great opportunity for me to watch all the players. Um, as I say, we scored two really good goals. They've got for me, we've scored, we've conceded two really poor goals. The second one in particular was really, really. Um, it's about decision making. I don't understand why they've done and made that decision. You know, we'll sit down and look at them to learn the lessons. We weren't looking to play out from the back in that way in any shape or form. So, um, you know, we've got to. It's about players making decisions on the field of play, isn't it? So it was a poor one and it's cost us. And obviously, from that, we're looking to try and win the game. You know, instead of just holding out for sometimes whatever, we're looking to go and win the game. And that may be affected where we went with, uh, with Chucks and Ronnie to try and. See if we can affect the game going forward the other way. And Chucks is actually at the post at the very end, hasn't he? So, um, you know, from my point of view, it's been a good opportunity to see all the players up close and live. Uh, the positives you take from it probably is that, you know, we have got a point, another point on the board, and we still are in the playoffs to go and attack the remaining nine games. I've got two weeks really, or an opportunity in the international break to get on the training ground and get to know the players and you know implement some of the things that we need to go and do to try and help everybody. Yeah, because you mentioned obviously your first time to see them in the flesh. Was there anything that surprised you that was a bit unexpected that you saw from them today? Yeah, it's just good to see how people deal with the pressures of the game. You know what I mean? So it's, um, you know, it was probably very frantic, wasn't it? And, and you know, what your opening statement was, my t- I'd like to see, see the teams have a lot more controlled 
possession of, of, of the game um, instead of being end-to-end. But, um, you know, as I said, for me, I've got an opportunity now to watch the game back and reflect on it, learn the lessons from it and see how we can help the players moving forward. It's fascinating watching how, how much you were speaking with Johnny as well in that, in, in that game as well. Obviously, he's been around a bit longer. I, I guess he was sort of helping to guide you through the Very game much so, and it's vitally important because I, I, that would be, you know, if that, you know, Johnny's assistant manager point of view, that would be if I would be here for a long time anyway. You've got to have that dialogue mm-hmm. and the communication. But obviously, you know, Johnny knows all the players. You know, he did a great job the other day in, in the victory. You know, they come from two 0 down to go and win, so we can't keep conceding two goals. <laughs> I think that's the biggest thing you've got to you've got to look at to start off with. Uh, but it's good for me to actually build that relationship with Johnny as well because I've never ever met him. So it's good to actually ask questions and see what he's thinking as well and talk things through. And that was a perfect opportunity today to go and do it. And obviously he's got more of an insight to the players at this moment in time in what their strengths are and what their weaknesses are um, to try and deal with the opposition and whatever and what we've, we've been used to doing. And obviously like Johnny's like well known around the club, very popular with the fans. How was it sold to you that, that, that he should be your sort of assistant manager? Was that, you know, because, because he's got... Yeah. Not a problem. I've, I've come in as the manager. You know, I've come in on my own. So... Um, the club will put in the institute how they want to go and do it. I haven't got a problem with that whatsoever. You know, I've I've told Johnny, you know, I want to help him. Um, he should have an ambition to be a manager down the line. So how can I help him develop as much as possible to uh, be in that position when that opportunity comes again for him? Yeah. You mentioned about Liam Miller. I thought that was the best game we've seen from him for a while. Have you, were you impressed with him today? Yeah, again, like all the players, it's uh, it was nice. And again, for the two um, assists that he had for the game, for the goals the way he's gone and attacked down the outside for example and cut in so uh, it's good as I said I'm unaware of because this has happened so so quickly really unaware of what the players were doing before yeah. um, unfortunately you won't be aware then that individual errors have sort of been a bit of a running theme this season but you know as a manager I guess that's something you'll, you'll try and iron out and give the players the confidence and, and the knowledge whatever they need to do yeah. to not make those mistakes yeah listen I always say to the players I don't mind you making a mistake as long as it's an honest mistake and don't make the same mistake twice you've got to learn from it you know if you just think oh and don't think about it and why have I gone and done it? It's about life's about decision making, isn't it? And normally you'll find that a younger player will make more mistakes because he's he's not been through that situation before. Whereas maybe a more experienced player has been in situations before, will probably make more uh, better decisions. But sometimes the athleticism goes, if that makes sense. Mm. You know what I mean? So it's uh, that's what it's all about. It's about the experiences that you go through. Unfortunately, especially at the when you're defending from a you know, a point of view, and I speak from experience of being a goalkeeper, you make a mistake, it normally ends up in the back of the net, and it's highlighted uh, in big detail. So, um, just finally, for me, we're in, we're in a good position, we're, we're inside that top six, obviously we're aware of the teams around us with their games in hand, but um, how, how, how do you rate Charlton's chances this season? Well, listen, if you looked at the probably the start of the season, it was going to be a challenge, got off to a good start when it all come through, and you know they've had problems being out of the playoffs, got themselves in and around it again now. Yes, teams have got games in hand. However, we've got an opportunity to maybe recover some people, um, have a bit of a breather, and get on the training ground and train. They might pick up more injuries, they might become more fatigued. We've got the points in the bags, they've got to go and get the points. And then you look at the teams above us, we've got them to play. So what great games they are, you know? <laughs> Thanks, Nigel. Nice so, to meet you. That's why I look at it. Right. Hey, Nigel. Um, so, obviously, you, you mentioned that the second goal, you didn't want to see the team passing out from the back like that, but possession-based, attacking, energetic football and playing out from the back has sort of been a theme at some of the previous uh, clubs you've been at. Yes. What would you have preferred to see in that situation? 
Well, listen, as a, as a theme you want to go and do, but it was the wrong decision at that time, the way the opposition had set up. Mm-hmm. Um, get the game time at that moment in time, it was, a, it was a poor decision. You know what I mean? So it was, um, and that's what we'll talk about when we debrief it. Absolutely. Um, and you, you, again, you said that you changed shape a few different times and sort of changed things up. Obviously, the Connor Washington injury, that was enforced. Do you plan on sort of adapting things throughout a game? Do you have sort of one formation that you're eyeing for this Charlton team? Uh, yes, I do. We have a, a game A, but you need to be adaptable as well. And obviously, mm. you've got to react to how the game is going, the scoreline, and maybe the opposition giving mm-hmm. us different problems with their formations and whatever. I like to dominate the ball if we can. And obviously, you could see the way they'd set up with a diamond. You know, we probably mm. weren't expecting that. We had to be adaptable to it. They'd gone to a diamond, and by doing that, they've got more plays in the middle of the pitch where we had the, the two, if you like. So they're going to get more passes in. Mm-hmm. So you know, we've changed to have a three. We've lost Connor straight away, so you've got to adapt. And again, going back to helping Johnny, uh, Johnny Jackson, uh, understand maybe the plays that we've got. I don't think DJ's had much of a run mm-hmm. so far, but he's an out and out right winger. How many times has Chrissy Gunter had a right winger in front of him this year? And actually, if you looked at it, they linked up quite well. Mm-hmm. Uh, but down like they're holding midfield players getting far too much ball but attacking midfield of, 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 the, um, of the diamond you know he's giving the centre-halves a bit of a problem so you've got to try and nullify their threats so that you can get on the football yourself uh, and have a bit more opportunity to go and play and give them threats going the other way so first half was probably okay-ish too, too, too frantic for us um, but we'll hopefully get in a better position where we can be a bit calmer and have a lot more sustained uh, possession of the football Absolutely, and um, as, as you said, sort of the you have a plan A, and at times in the first half, it felt like I guess we were seeing maybe a version of that. What what would your ideal performance in a game like this have looked like? That the opposition don't touch the ball, and we totally dominate and score fifty goals. <laughs> <laughs> you never get Fair enough. You know, listen, you're never going to get a perfect game. You've got to give Wimbledon a lot of credit. You know, they might be down the bottom, but you look at their recent on the form. You know, the managers come in. They've been very hard to beat, mm. you know. And you look at them; they were very spirited and played some good football, you know. So give them, give them a bit of credit. Absolutely, give them, give them a lot of credit, you know. So probably made for an entertaining game from that yeah. point. Oh yeah, very you good. Know? So uh, you know, you've got no divine right to, to dominate mm. games. So you've got to you've got to earn that right. And you've got to you've got to be good in possession of the football. And if you give it away cheaply, then you're gonna have a problem. If you don't get it back, you allow the opposition to have a lot of the ball. And it's going to be challenging. Just where time, Benji, just one more. Cool, yeah, no, I was just about to go to the last one anyways. So obviously you came in and obviously it was very rushed. Team was in, still is in sixth place. Do you think this team is closer than you, than you thought, further away than you thought from a team that can challenge for promotion or is it just too, too early to tell? What a great question that is that you're not <laughs> going to get an answer from you, Paul. But we're in the playoff position with nine to go and we've got a lot of work to do. Can I, can I, can I ask one? Yeah, yeah just one, one. yeah. Uh, How's it for you today, Andrew, being back in the time, being back in goal, back in the match there? How did you find it? Oh, it was great. I, mean, I love it. I love just being in there, you have an opportunity to chat with the players and encourage the players and an opportunity to have a go at the referee, not have a, tell the referee well done, try and work out the tactics. He said we've had to change formations very, very quickly on a few occasions. And again, we're not knowing the players, sometimes quite challenging. Mm, so, um, you know, I've loved it. I've just loved being involved. So, uh, you know, I'm the view from there is totally different from the view up there <laughs> and the view sitting watching it on the television because yeah. obviously we watch a lot of games on the telly of late so just good to be in a live game this is Paige the co-host of Giggly Squad and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving Olive and June Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon quality manicure in one box and if you break it down it really comes out to two dollars a manicure which 
is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive in June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive in June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Right, welcome back to Charlton Live. Just before the break there, we heard uh, our first interview with the new Addicts boss, Nigel Adkins, following yesterday's uh, 2-2 draw. Uh, with uh, AFC Wimbledon over the the brand new Plough Lane, I have to say actually the new, the new stadium over there at, at Plough Lane is a, a lovely old job they've done there for AFC Wimbledon. I think they, you know, it's all agreed that they'd completely outgrown um, Kings Meadow, hadn't they? But they, they've got a nice a nice new stadium there. So if 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 we are in the same league next year, I'm hopefully that we'll be able to take a a fair few fans over there, sell the place out, and would would be a good away day. So hopefully that'll be the case next season. Um, Nigel's first interview. Tom is uh yeah nice chap it seems uh you know willing to learn obviously doesn't you know he's not going to give away too much in in his first interview but um it'd be interesting to see what changes he does make so after this international break where he has a little bit of time to work with his new team yeah and there's there's only so much that he can do in terms of changes because the squad is the squad now but I think that's why he was playing around with formations you'd expect him to maybe have a game or two. Uh, maybe with the under-23s over the next couple of weeks. Um, I know he's going to see them, isn't he, as well, on Monday so or tomorrow. So, yeah, he's got players he can have a look at. He, as I say, played around with formations a little bit. Um, so hopefully he gets a good idea of what he wants to do going into the... Is it Doncaster we're playing on, on Good Friday? So, yeah, I think I'm interested to see what, what he can do. Um, I remember his Southampton team playing a nice brand of football. And I think he's got the players within the midfield, certainly, to, to play a decent level of football as well. So, yeah, let's let's wait and see what he says. He certainly sounds very positive, um, but I think he knows he's got a bit of a challenge on his hands as well. So, um, yeah, excited to see the next few weeks and see what he does with this team. I mean, what, what do you think he can do, Nathan? Because obviously the transfer window's closed. He's, he's stuck with the, the squad we have currently. What changes do you think he can and, and you would like to see him implement between now and the end of the season? 
yeah, it's a bit, it's a bit difficult, really, because. Um, I mean, because I think looking at the squad as a whole, it's more or less built to play a diamond formation. I know we've got DJ and Miller out there, but apart from that, we haven't really got any real width, really, unless you put maybe Bennett left back and Ian over on the left-hand side of a four, maybe. But So really, we, we've he's, he's pretty tired, really. If he, if he has to play DJ, if he wanted to play three, he's pretty tired on what he can do. Like you say, we ain't got no transfer window. So I think he's just got to assess the squad, um, see what he likes, see what he, he'll probably have a way that he wants to play, see if that, any of those players fit into that. And then he's got a big rebuilding job in the summer anyway. So um, there's not really much he can do, really. If, if that's that's the squad that he's inherited, that's the, they're the cards that he's been dealt. So um, he's just got to try and win football matches as much as he can. And, you know, there were positives yesterday. I know we, we, it was disappointing second half and, we uh we we've come away from it like we've lost, but um yeah he's got some positive sides to work with. We've got some good players in there. We've got good that central midfield position is very good. He's just got to find a right right balance really. Um, but yeah, as you say, there's very little he can do apart from identify the ones that he wants to keep. Knows which ones he aren't. He isn't going to have next year. Um, and just try and build that philosophy in. I mean, we've got Ryan coming back. I'm not saying, you know, because Ryan comes back because he's been out for a long time, that it's going to change our run of form and we're going to go on an absolute amazing run. We hope we do. But, um, yeah, I mean, the, the key is, is just, I don't, like we said earlier, we can't, you can't coach mistakes. You can show them and the players know they've made a mistake and they know they've done wrong. It's like, you can't just go, oh, watch this clip again. Look what you've done wrong. It's, they're not stupid. So, it's just really it's just trying to get that belief back into him because it seems sometimes we just lose confidence and it's we just get go in our shell we don't become expressive we look nervous so maybe that's what you need to look at for me is just just get that confidence and we've all spoke about it before of having that swagger and I think we just need to instill that because we've got no we're not going down it's like go and enjoy yourself you know win the next focus on the next game to play with a smile if you win the game you win the game. If we make the playoffs, we make the playoffs. But I think we got in a position now where we can play without fear um, and just see where it takes us. Mm, yeah, certainly. I mean, one interesting thing, obviously, I asked Nigel about Johnny Jackson hanging around Thomas. Um, he sort of said, uh, you know, he wants to sort of help him learn and, and get himself into that position where he can become a manager. Now, I think Johnny probably felt he was there already. So, you know, probably disappointed he didn't get the job, I, I'd imagine. Um, in the end, obviously, he's decided to stay as it as it stands. So that that's that's quite interesting as well. I mean, how diff, difficult do you think that decision would have been for for Johnny Jackson? Um, and and how upset do you think he would be? I mean, he's he's going to have to regroup himself because he want he probably would have wanted to try and get that top job. I'm definitely surprised. I think I know I wasn't on Thursday's show, but when we did the emergency pod on on I said the way I saw it is either he'd be getting the top job at Charlton or he would be off to Birmingham and be Bowyer's assistant I didn't didn't see him staying here and being assistant under somebody else but that's how it's played out and I'm absolutely delighted that he has I think it's brilliant to to keep him um and I was almost as excited about that news as I was about about Nigel Adkins coming in if not more so so yeah I think it's a difficult one I think he who knows if he's ready? I don't know if you know until you put him in there. But my my only thinking can be is that Thomas wants him to learn under another manager who's a bit more experienced, um, continue to develop, and then maybe the job will be there for him in a few years. Um, 
But yeah, it's got to be difficult for him because he's had that that taste of it now, hasn't he? He had he had Tuesday night. He got that win from two nil down. He's probably adrenaline's pumping for a couple of days after that. You know, I think Curb said to him, "You won't be able to sleep tonight after the game." So to then suddenly have another manager come in, he probably had to had to think about it. But from the sounds of things, he's staying, which is which is good news. As I say, I'm obviously delighted, and I really hope that in a few years' time we can see him in the dugout as the manager because. I feel like he he's deserved it and and so far with the work he's done as an assistant he's proved he he's capable but as I say until you get that top job and start doing it regularly you don't really know but yeah I'm delighted he stayed I'm sure it was a difficult decision for him um but yeah I I'm sure we're going to see him as chart manager in the future and I guess the success of Nigel Adkins will we'll see how long that is before we see that but mm. um yeah Excellent stuff. Right, well, uh, we'll hear from Thomas Sangard as well. Don't forget, I did ask him about Johnny Jackson standing. He suggests he's, uh, uh, you know, there's a new deal on the table for Johnny, um, what, what I understand. I don't know if it's been signed as of yet, but uh, that, that's what it, what it seems to be saying. Um, let's have a look at some of the tweets and emails that have come in uh, as well. Uh, Alex, uh, Charlton Legend, says, uh, just extremely unlucky. We don't make that mistake. Uh, with Akin Fane, where then we win. Uh, unreal first half, a dire second half, though, but great performances from Shiniesta Miller. DJ, uh, to mention a few. Gary Payne says, now that he has a couple of weeks uh, to work with the players, hopefully Nigel Atkins uh, can work with the defenders to cut out the silly errors, but some of the players are just not good enough. Uh, Michael uh, says, uh, give Nigel a chance. He's only been in the building for 48 hours. Blimey, some people. Uh, <laughs> uh, Craig says, uh, Jake Forstakaski has been one of our best players this season and was great yesterday. Uh, but I don't think he should be taking every set piece, especially when we have Albie and Shinny, whose right foot would be more uh, beneficial in certain positions for us. So Nathan, would you like to see a, a rotation in, in who takes our, our set pieces? Obviously, we saw Andrew Shinny score a free kick against Oxford earlier on in the season. Uh, yeah, possibly. I think the main thing is he beat the first man. The amount of corners that have come in that we haven't beat the first man, and it's come from you know I think a couple's come from shins and and everything. So yeah, I think you could share it around. I just think I mean obviously with Jake, he scored a couple of free kicks, um, and obviously Shinny's had a couple as well. So you could rotate. It gives the goalie something to think about, which is true. So um, I just think different areas of the pitch require different needs if you want it as an in swinger or an out swinger depend on where the ball is so but yeah I have no problems and I agree with the, you know the, with the email that we've got some good technical players in there and we could possibly share it share it about a little bit more mm, yeah different areas for different needs uh any chance this is Steve Catley any chance we could open up the next pre-match team talk with Ben under no circumstances ever 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 give a pass to anyone in our own half ever again it doesn't work we're rubbish at it uh, kick the ball as far as you can every time stockers will win it and we'll play off the second ball Mazza says uh, Adkins looked as bemused as Boyer uh, at our suicidal defending telling that Curb said he isn't sure what our best 11 or formation is despite watching most of the games hopefully Adkins can sort it out in the next two weeks we're still in the top six there is still some hope Lewis says a game of two halves I thought we had the better of the first great energy about us and we looked very good going forward but we looked slower and more lethargic in the second period these defensive problems need to be fixed though plenty of positives to take onwards and upwards big tone says great first half very poor second not sure about the many changes of formation maybe nigel wanted to see different players in different positions another silly mistake that cost us and after the wimbledon game uh after that after wimbledon sorry got their tails up still a good chance of the players but we need to sharpen up defensively uh, i would bring purrington in at left back 
uh, if we carry on at 4-4-2. Martin is great going forward, but there's a lot to uh, to learn from a defensive point of view. Maybe we could use Martin if we play three at the back, Pierce, Innes and Fainwo, or whatever happens. Uh, come on, you read. Steph says our defence has been dire at times this season and a mistake that leads to the, a goal will always make the headlines. But let's not forget just how many times our strikers have hit the woodwork. We've lost so many valuable points due to those misses. Yeah, we must be in the 20s now. I think it was 18 a couple of weeks ago, wasn't it? That we've hit the woodwork and it, it just seems never ending. Right, John Cooper, a refreshing post-match interview. He said it how it was. Uh, we need to cut out the sloppy defensive errors and start taking it to teams when in front to kill games off. Adkins now has a good opportunity to get the squad together and get through to them how he wants to play. Richard says that the way we played first half with more speed and intent uh, going forward, uh, I thought we'd win by 3 or 4-1. Then came the second half, the most catastrophic goal kick ever in the entire history of football, combined with the decision-making of an under-9s side. So frustrating. Uh, London Inigiza says, an awful mistake by Fainway. Let's hope he can put it behind him. Uh, and uh, A top young player in the making, but he is still young. Lots of twists and turns still in this playoff chase. Uh, quality in League One is poor. Uh, I thought that was copyrighted to you, Tom, that saying. But it makes uh, unpredictable uh, results, uh, so I wouldn't count us out just yet. James wants to see uh, Adkins show us his way within this two weeks uh, break. Uh, looking forward to seeing his team uh, against Donny. Ken says, it's very early days, but we defended like a Sunday pub team. Very poor and annoying. Uh, hard to tell who was fighting relegation. I would be making sure that second half error is uh, not repeated. John uh, wants to see a consistent team uh, playing in a set formation. Saturday was a shambles. 4-4-2, diamond, 4-3-3 with split strikers. Number 10, sure, there were other formations. I just lost track. How many? How are the players meant to react? Uh, hopefully, Saturday was a one-off and uh, the manager settles down. Right, uh, we've got some emails to come to as well. Uh, sorry again if I didn't get to your tweets. We've got quite a few in uh, this week. But we've got emails uh, which I'll try and read out a handful of as well. After we hear, I think, from Thomas Sangard, the Charlton owner, uh, was over at the game yesterday, arrived uh, from the USA and went uh, over to Palau Lane. Uh, he was kind enough to join us yesterday on BBC Radio London. So this is the Addicts owner chatting with myself and with BBC Radio London's Nick Godwin. Yes, Thomas Sangard is with us. Thomas, thank you for joining us. Sorry about the delay. Um, how pleased are you to be here at Palau Lane? Oh, I just flew in. It's exciting to be back in, in London. I haven't been here for, for three months exciting and uh, beautiful new stadium out here at uh, Wimbledon and you, you've had a very busy week how's it been for you the, the first time you've had to appoint a manager as, as Charlton chairman how have you found the experience oh that, was, that actually wasn't very stressful it was a very easy choice uh, obviously Nigel Atkins had had the right background the right experience the right per, per, very very positive personality and very easy to to talk to so that was a very easy choice so <laughs> How much interest did you have for the position? How many people applied? Oh, Serious candidates applied for the job. People have contacted the club and me personally. Me personally, I probably received more than uh, 50 suggestions directly from uh, from potential managers and, and obviously from a lot of agents. And was it the experience that Nigel Atkins has at this level? The fact he has three promotions at this level previously was that was that the major deciding factor? Um, no, the major deciding factor was probably his personality. We, I was interviewing uh, several several options uh, or candidates that um, that that had somewhat similar resumes, uh, really, really great style, and and because of Charlton's brand, uh, were interested. Even though we are still uh, in in League One, 
Um, but I, I would say there was no doubt uh, after I spoke to uh, to Nigel the first time that he would be right for the club. It, it's, it, what he brings to the culture is going to be important uh, here going forward. And what have you said to him as, back, as far as expectations for this season are concerned? Do they have to get in the playoffs? Uh, are red lines like that already being drawn? You know what? I've already booked the flight for uh, the final at uh, at Wembley, so uh, no pressure. No, right. <laughs> but, but I mean, this is the problem though for Charlton fans. It, it looks very possible to get to the playoffs at it this point, but it is a very tough. It's a tough division, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, it's tough division. There's there's a lot of other clubs that's going to have a say in uh, in in how that's going to go, but we're going to give it all. If it doesn't happen this year, I mean, Nigel's aware that this is a long-term plan. Exactly. This my, my vision is to just slowly put the building blocks in place so that we eventually get to, uh, to where we want to be. And we do that by simply improving or increasing the probability of winning games. We, we won't win every game. Obviously, it's a, it's a really tough league. The championship will be even tougher. And uh, but what we can do is just keep keep building or rebuilding this and club. That, and that's something that Lee spoke a lot about a lot, of course, before he left. The fact there is still there's clearly still work to be done in, in this team and in this squad. There's there's so much uh, rebuilding uh, to do. Some things were very easy when I got into it, but uh, that there'll, there'll be several years of rebuilding before we can say we're really ready to 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 uh, to as we call it Premier League ready. Yeah. And, and obviously um, the arrival of Nigel has excited a lot of fans, but the other news this week that there's probably, I'd say, even made him even more happy is the fact that Johnny Jackson stays. Of you know, course, a, yeah. A lot, a lot of the word behind the scene was suggesting that Johnny could well go up and, and join Lee Bowyer at Birmingham if he didn't get this job. Yeah, How hard was it to that's persuade a, him to that, hang around? That, 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 there was a, obviously a plan uh, in, in place to make that happen, so uh, I worked hard with, with Johnny and his agent to, to make sure that uh, he, he would stay with us. And you see him as an important part of this team? Very important, yeah. He's got a great history with the club, and and obviously uh, an important part for uh, of the club for the fan base. So for there are many reasons that uh, we really want want to make sure he stays here. And of course, I mean you, you mentioned uh, like during the the, the, the mm. process to, to have a backup plan in case Lee Bayer left started six to eight weeks ago. You know, you say you do similar with the players yeah. as well. Yeah, maybe, maybe a backup, backup plan is, is is not the right word, but it's it's like any any position on on, on a team. Um, well, whether it's 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 a player, it's it's a goalkeeper, or if it's the manager, you got to have a depth chart so you know what's available in case you're in a situation. And uh, I started I started building that a, a couple of months ago, so it was pretty easy to to go to those that were top of that chart and have those uh, those interviews. And, and did you ever envisage being in this situation where Lee Bowyer left even now or in the summer? Or did you was he still part of your your long term? Yeah, as yeah, of course he was. Uh, yeah. I mean. Uh, Lee Boyer has done a fantastic job under very difficult circumstances here at the club. Uh, so, of, of course, something like that comes as a surprise. All right, welcome back. That was Thomas Sangard on, on Radio London yesterday. Um, interesting, uh, just asking him, obviously, we, we know what he's all about with um, uh, with, with Nigel. But again, just on the Johnny Jackson thing, Nathan, I asked I asked um, Thomas, you know, what how important he sees Johnny as part of this team. And, and he mentioned, you know, his, his history with the club and how important he is to the fans as well. And it, it, it was a lift to the fans when it was announced that, that Johnny was staying, even if it was, I guess, tough circumstances for Johnny, because like, as we said earlier, I'm sure he would have wanted the top job. Yeah, I think he would have loved it. Um, I mean, obviously he done well on Tuesday against uh, Bristol. 
Um, I think it's important, like we said on Thursday's show, it's important in terms of the football inside as well, what he knows. I think if Johnny wasn't here, um, Nigel would be... I mean, obviously, if Johnny went and if Johnny did go at the beginning and uh, Basie and Marshall stayed, they would have had some insight. But obviously, Johnny's got that little bit more knowledge in terms of what he was doing with Lee quite a lot. So it's important that he is staying because it will make Nigel's job a lot harder. Um, so, yeah. Uh, but I, I, I don't doubt that Johnny will be a manager one day because uh, you know he's got the attributes for it. He's got the enthusiasm for it, whether that's here or elsewhere. I think he'll be more than fine. So, in my opinion, he's if you know if if if, if his job, if a management job comes up in the next couple of years, I'm sure he'll be great at it, uh, whether that's here or elsewhere. But um, yeah, I'm happy like everyone else that you know he's. It's, it seems that he's gonna going to stay and, and, and help us rebuild in the summer, which is going to be a big, big job and Nigel needs some help. Yeah, certainly will. I'm interested in, obviously, you know, a lot of talk, a lot of people were sort of saying over the last, the last week, you know, just interested that, that Nigel Atkins came in so quickly and obviously um, Thomas Sangard mentioned he had this depth chart of, of, you know, potential. I mean, I described it as a backup in that interview, which which Thomas didn't quite agree with that that terminology of using it, but you know because of that, people were saying, "Oh, was the writing always on the on the wall for Lee?" And I, was, I, I thought it'd be interesting just to put that question to Thomas as we heard towards the end of the clip there. And I guess it is quite easy to say now, well, of course not. I would have kept him on, but I mean, uh, it, uh, do, do, do you think it was <laughs> the more the more the more you hear about this depth chart and you just wonder if, if there was always going to be a backup plan? I mean, do, do you think Thomas would have stayed with Lee beyond the summer, Tom? I like to think so. Um, obviously, as you say, we're, we're never going to know for sure. Uh, and I read Rich's piece where he talked about that perhaps the writing's been on the wall for a little while. I think I felt personally like given the summer, Lee could have had a real good go at this league next season. Um, and the, the conversation, certainly from, from us as, as fans, the conversations that we've heard or that they've told us about seem to be relatively positive in terms of their relationship but maybe that's not been the case you know Thomas Sangard in the last few days has mentioned several times quite pointedly about Nigel Atkins positive attitude and the way that he looks at the game and, and treats his players and it seems like that potentially could be a dig at, at Bowyer and the way that he has called players out and I don't know it might be it might not be the case but I wonder if perhaps that that he saw some of that sort of stuff and perhaps didn't like it. And as a, again, as I said on Monday's show, I don't think Boya had earned the right to never get sacked just because of what he did two seasons ago at all. But I also don't think he'd done enough bad at the moment to get sacked either. So for me, having reflected on it, I actually feel like him leaving on his own terms probably is it's the best parting for everybody, I think. Um, and maybe... Maybe things, as as Rich said in his piece, maybe things had just gone stale a little bit. Uh, you know, I know we all came on the show and very much wanted him to stay, but but now that we reflect on it, you know, things hadn't really been improving. We'd had a little upturn in form at the moment, and I would have liked to see him given next year and see if he could turn it around then, because I think it was partly down to personnel. But but he's he's made that step up, and and we've got someone else in now, so. Yeah, I'm not sure we really we're really gonna know. Thomas is obviously still finding his feet as as an owner of a football club as well. So he's put his stamp on behind the scenes, hasn't he, with a lot of the uh, the hires that he's made, and and now he's made a footballing one as well. So he's got all the men that he wants in those positions now. 
And now it's about backing them in the summer. And, and as I say, if we don't get in the playoffs this year or don't go up, it's about giving it a really good go next season because all the building blocks, which is a term lots of people have used, uh, are in place now to really start to rebuild this football club now. And, and that's exciting. Excellent stuff. Right, a couple of emails that have come in uh, since yesterday's uh, game as well. Hi as well to Adam Biggs uh, from the Upbeats who sent a, a message in saying hello. And uh, I think he said he's sad to see Lee Bowyer go, but uh, I'm sure he'll uh, wish uh, Nigel Atkins the best. Right, Dom uh, Richardson says, Hi, guys. I thought it was a real positive uh, from yesterday. Uh, was the freedom which Albie, Miller and Semi were able to play with in the first half. Uh, you could see the positive mentality of the tolerance of mishaps uh, and Nigel's been talking about with these guys a lot. I think uh, we probably lost momentum a bit in the second period, uh, but the wingers were inverted, taken off for more strikers because asking fullbacks to provide the attacking width in the last 30 minutes of a game is a big ask in terms of uh, fitness. Uh, we definitely looked like a team learning a new style of play. Hopefully the international break comes at a good time. We still aren't yet on a winning run, uh, but we at least are on a non-losing run. Uh, overall, it was a good performance and any doubts about Albie Morgan's defensive capability were put to rest with an excellent tackle on uh, Jake Forsikaski in the first half. Uh, both Albie and Jake were superb though and I think Albie is best centrally as more of a 10 acting between the lines. He's definitely getting better in all aspects of his game uh, but I really just hope he gets a lot of game time. Joe Piggott was excellent for the Dons though. Uh, he didn't score. He was, uh, wish he was in a Charlton shirt. Yeah, I, I think um, Joe's uh, contract is up at the end of the season. I'll be interested to see if we go in for him or if he thinks he might get a a, a championship offer. His goals have dried up a little bit now. I think no goals in about eight or nine for him, uh, but we'll see. Um, right, Phil uh, says, uh, hi guys, uh, if Nigel Atkins was unsure what lay ahead of him, certainly knows now. Uh, first half, I thought we looked bright and went in with a deserved lead at the break. Second half, we were awful, struggled to string any sequence of passes together, created very little, and once again, our defence looked fragile and full of mistakes. A huge clear-out is needed in the summer. It's going to be very interesting uh, for sure. Colin says, uh, evening uh, team. Yesterday was a great 90-minute example of a whole season for the new manager, wasn't it? Some decent stuff, failing to beat a team near the bottom and a disastrous self-destruct button as well. Uh, so if we consider yesterday and the next nine games as his chance to work out what to do to iron out these issues, then next season could be a glorious one uh, for the club and the fans. Finally, uh, could you and the team speculate on what you expect the future to be for and with Steve Gallen, please? I hope there's a way that he, Adkins, JJ and Jed can work together. Please discuss. That's from uh, Tring Red Colin. Yeah, I mean, what do you reckon will happen with Steve Gallen, Nathan? Um, you know, obviously the, the director, is he still director of football? Is that his official title? But, you know, he's, he's been so vital for us in the transfers. You'd hope he'd hang around. The fact that the rest of the, the coaching team seems to still be here, you'd assume that would go for, for Steve as it stands. And, you know, I think he's been a popular figure and one who's done a good job during his time at the Valley. Yeah, of course. Cool. So I think that it's a bit it's a bit interesting if he does go because I know Stephen obviously worked hard with um, Bo and stuff when when obviously when Bo was here. But will it? Usually they do the recruitment for the club, really, don't they? So, um, but I mean at Birmingham anyway, they've got they've I think they've still got that Jeff Jeff Fatir used to be used to be Charlton scout, didn't he? I think um, Jeff Fatir or something. So unless they unless he's going to move on. Um, I can I don't I don't see any movement really from Steve unless he fancies a new challenge elsewhere. It just all depends really on on Nigel. I don't know if Nigel will want to bring in someone specific or um, I think Steve's done great in really in terms of identifying some players in the climate that we've had and obviously the last transfer window it was more a lot more rushed. So I think Steve's probably working in the background now, looking at potential targets like Joe Piggott 
Uh, I think it would be a great signing on a free. I'll tell you that now. But um, yeah, I, I, I can't see it. But listen, I, I couldn't see Bowyer going. So it just shows anything can happen in the game, can't it? So um, yeah, I, I don't expect nothing. But I suppose we'll just have to wait and see. Mm, right. Uh, Steve uh, emails in. Hi, chaps. I have to say uh, by starting... Uh, to say that I was very underwhelmed by the signing of Nigel Atkins. I wanted a younger, more a progressive manager, but he's here now, so I fully support him and will get behind him. Uh, it, it is encouraging from uh, to hear from fans of other clubs how well-liked he is. Uh, what is very clear is he aligns very well and should be able to work with Mr. Sangar, both of extremely positive people, and that should be refreshing after the last few months of Boya and more broadly the last six years. It was also good yesterday to see that he got the full broad spectrum uh, of this squad, incisive attacking play and abysmal defending at least he's seen it firsthand now I felt sorry for Akin Fainway yesterday he's been superb but that was an awful uh, mistake hopefully the next 10 games show him that the squad is nowhere near good enough uh, and that himself and uh, Steve Gallen need to be looking at and lining up signings uh, ASAP as Peter Varney said last week many of the signings in Chris Powell's team were done by April I would love to see us uh, after uh, Jill's uh, Dempsey and Graham and AFC's a Piggott uh, Bishop's um and Evans as a start uh, are all out of contract and there are some good League One talent available. I think the playoffs are done now, so let's begin to rebuild for next season with the new systems and tactics and hopefully some young talent like Aaron Henry, but nothing to lose. Come on, you Reg. Yeah, I agree with, um, with Steve. Hopefully, obviously, we're working behind the scenes to start to build a, a, a new squad. I still, you know, still just about the, the, the outside chance I'm clinging on to. Um, you know, who, who knows what will happen uh, this season. Just a final one. Uh, again, apologies if I didn't get to yours uh, today, but uh, Phil Hall says that disappointed uh, doesn't get close to my feelings after that disastrous second half equaliser. I'm glad to read, though, that Nigel Atkins said afterwards they aren't supposed to be playing out from the back. Uh, and now he's got two lads to work with the week, uh, two weeks to work with the lads. Hopefully uh, he'll drum some sense uh, into them. Anyway, now six games unbeaten and my new pre-match routine, which started before the Wigan game. Uh, with a foul cowrie, we'll have to continue a bit longer. Blimey, that's a, that's a hot that's a hot pre-match routine. Uh, uh, maybe uh, to the end of the season and beyond, if my guts can take it. All the best and enjoy a relaxing few days. Uh, cheers for that, Phil. Yes, and we will be having a relaxing few days now because it is the international break. Uh, so we'll be having a little break of our own. But uh, yeah, thanks to all of you who've listened. We come to the end of uh, this week's uh, pod. Thanks to everyone who's uh, emailed in. And, and again, sorry if we didn't get to your messages because we are getting a lot at the moment. Obviously, quite a busy uh, time for the club. Uh, thank you to Thomas Sangard for joining us yesterday and to Nigel Adkins, uh, the new Addicts boss. Thank you to Tom and to Nathan for joining me this evening. Cheers, boys. Have a good couple of days off. Yeah, well, good to, off, yeah, good to have uh, both of you with me. Yeah, so we won't be back until a week on Thursday because of the international break. Uh, a few days off for us, so you'll just have to keep listening to this pod over and over again. Thanks for listening. I've been Louis Mendes. We'll see you in a couple of weeks. <laughs>
Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.